welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we close off West Craven Month with Deadly Friend, 1986. If you enjoy there? being really scared, if you're not afraid of the unknown, if you've found a friend in fear, then we have a friend for you. Hi. Samantha. Give me the police. The director who unleashed Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven, now brings you his most frightening creation. Get out of my house! Hey, girl. She's killing people. Mom? Sam? Sam. Deadly friend. She can't live without you. So we're recording this on Monday. <laughs> I was like, wait, what day? What, what day of the week, uh, week is it? Uh, Monday, and Wes Craven died six years ago on this day. Yeah, and we started this off, this month off, it was the day after his birthday. So we're going to end it on kind of a morbid note, unintentionally. Yeah, that was very unintentional. But we're honoring his life and him after death. So it's a good bookend. This film has recognizable faces for anyone that is alive (laughs) (laughs) or a fan of, you know, cult classics. So we have um, Annie Ramsey, who was in Goonies and Don't Throw Mama Off the Train. She played Billy Crystal's, um, the woman that Danny DeVito pays off. It was his mom, Danny DeVito's mom. And it was Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, throw mom off the train. Okay, yes. I always say don't throw mom off the train. It's so funny because I saw that movie as a child and I think I saw it once as an adult. I love the film though. Yeah, it's a good movie. And we have a very young Buffy and not the Buffy you think. The original Buffy, Miss Christy Swanson. And then every some there's some other people in there. I don't know. No, I'm not kidding, Chad. The main guy from this that plays the character Paul, his name is Matthew... Le Borderix. I'm not sure how to say his last name, but he was in that uh, Little House on the Prairie for like 90 episodes. And he was also a big deal on that TV show in the early 80s called Whiz Kids about the people who were uh, computer hackers that were going to solve crimes. They crossed over with Simon and Simon and Magnum and all these other shows that were on at the time because they were trying to make that show such a hit and it just did not happen. It didn't happen. And he's like... A gaming champion. Yeah, he has, he was like the U.S. Pac-Man champion. He got like a 1,200,000 score on it, which is insane. <laughs> what a thing to have under your belt. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm the U.S. Pac-Man champion. Back then, hey, in 1982, that was pretty impressive. People were like, God damn, that guy's cool. Now, no one cares. So this was based off a novel? A novel just called Friend. 
friend. <laughs> I feel like they could have been a little more descriptive with that title. <laughs> like, yeah, if I saw a book that was just called Friend, I don't know. It depends what the cover looks like. Because cover art from back in the day is pretty dope. Yeah, but I feel like that's like reading a book called Story. <laughs> I wrote this novel. It's called Story. Please read my story. This is one, another film that Wes Craven had no fucking luck on. He actually had terrible luck. I know we've probably said this in almost all of the podcasts that we did this month. But man, did he have, you know, his work cut out for him. So many things in his way. I feel like that is... You know, the reason why all of these things are, you know, come out to be so, I want to say so terrible, but not good. Yeah, this one's got a big cult following, but it, it did not do well at the time. And it's, you can tell that the tone of this movie is all over the place. It's like, it's hard to pin down exactly what they were going for. And then when you read that, like, they wanted it to originally be like a PG rated, very emotional like romance story between the the two kids and then just happened to be some a little bit of sci-fi stuff in it it's like oh okay Wes that's that's different but no people were not going to have that now I don't know I think because the 80s was the beginning of you know the popularity of computers you know gaming there were just so many movies that came out in the 80s and, you know, like early 90s, well, early to mid 90s that had to do with either gaming or like computers. I mean, look, you got the, the star of the TV show Quiz Kids, or I'm sorry, Wiz Kids to be in this. So come Wiz, on. Wiz Kids, but then he played a Wiz Kid in this movie. Yep. Because he was a young kid, I don't know, like 16, 17 years old, who yeah. was doing. Uh, uh, like a, in- he, have, he had to be six, under sixteen because he didn't have a license yet, according to the thing. Ah, uh, like an internship or at a hospital because he was gonna do like fancy brain shit. Yeah, he was doing all this like you know he's he's Doogie Howser in it. Like before Doogie Howser was a thing, he's like the young kid that's a doctor doing an internship there. Everybody is very you know like he's teaching the class for a while and all this. It's pretty intense. So. The movie that I think about when, first of all, let's just say, let's me start off saying by, I actually love this film. I know that it's mad hated with a lot of people and they think it's just terrible, but it's just one of those films that I saw as a kid and I thought, man, this movie's crazy, especially like that one scene we'll talk about in a sec. I was just like blown the fuck away, right? And then you see it when you get older, you know, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then the more and more you see it, you're like, oh, no, this yeah. is not, this is not good. This, this is, is, this is just not, uh, this is not how I remembered it. This is nowhere near as cool as I remembered it. No, it's not. That was me watching The Bionic Man when I was a kid and I thought it was the coolest show ever. I thought I remembered it being filled with tons of things. And when I watched it when I was older, I was like, oh, he just kind of does the same thing in every episode, doesn't he? So, 1986, this film came out. Another film came out, similar premise in one aspect. 1984, you had the American-British film Electric Dreams, which I also love and own the soundtrack to on, it's an LP. So, 
That film, also about that one, is about a guy who falls in love, like him and the computer. Yeah, yeah, he falls in love the with co- the computer. Actually, no, the computer falls in love with him. He falls in love with another chick, and the computer's like, mm, I'm going to have to kill this chick. <laughs> so in this film, you have Kid, who has a... <laughs> Oh, wait a second. We forgot to mention the star-ish of this film, which is BB. Who I'm going to call the murder bot from now on. Who is actually the parts of Short Circuit. Yeah, they just reused a lot of Short Circuit, the uh, Johnny Five, and just... Johnny Five. Just dressed it up a little bit. Johnny Five alive again. But in the ending of the movie, he looks like, um, he looks like Bumblebee. Yeah. From Transformers. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah, he looks like BB the Vampire Robot. Oh, Bumblebee style. Like, I saw him and I'm like, this kind of looks like the modern Transformer Bumblebee. That's kind of weird. <laughs> like, you Maybe have to go back. Of it. You have to go back and look at it and freeze like that, like, pause it. Because I literally thought yesterday was the first time I actually had that thought. I was like, that's... That's pretty similar. I think it's the coloring. And then also you got the short circuit, you know, the Johnny Five eyes. So the beginning of the film, Thief comes to rob a car and he sees something cute in the back. We don't really see what it is for a sec until the hand reaches and is like trying to choke out the thief who, I mean, he deserved it. So right well, off, let's be fair. He's breaking into a car. Does he deserve to be murdered for that? Yes, he does. <laughs> well, I didn't know you took us a hard line on crime there. <laughs> he he deserved uh, a robot to smack him around a little bit. He smack didn't him around to die. a little bit, but murdering him seems a little intense. Okay, but he actually made it out alive, which is saying a lot in this movie. Most of them don't. Yeah, exactly. So he fucking got mad lucky. And that if that was me in the film... He should probably film, turn to Jesus now and just start preaching the, the gospel on the street corner. I would have turned to something and turned my life around and not go stealing $5 bills from old ladies' like purses and, like, uh, you know, unlock cars. That's what so, I'm doing. So you see our character Paul and his mom and their murder bot, BB. They're moving to their new house where Paul is going to teach at this college. Yeah, that's that's a thing. And the mom has a job, but we don't really ever find out what that is. It's something that makes... She's at the college. She might be a secretary. She's a secretary at the college. I think that's like... But they don't really say much about it. It's just she's at the college at one point. But, um, and then he's, you know, he just coincidentally has this robot that's doing all this stuff while he's in there teaching all these classes on brain surgery. And then you have Christy Swanson as Samantha. She's the next door neighbor. She's just the girl next door that he's just in love with from the minute he sees her. Yes, let's Too go. Too bad her dad is a total asshole. Yeah, the dad is an asshole, and the movie doesn't really know what tone it wants to be. Does it want to be a horror movie? Does it want to be a romantic comedy? Does it want to just be a comedy? Is it a drama? It's actually all of the above. Yeah. Um, Sometimes every- in the same scene. <laughs> I feel like they were just like, you know what? Just just throw it all in together in a blender and see what happens. I think what happened was they made the movie that was going to be like the regular kind of like teen love story with a with a robot at the end of it, and then 
the studio came along and fucked with it, and all of them just said, oh, I don't give a fuck. Just throw this in there. Just do some crazy shit. Who cares? We're all fucked anyhow. Yes, the studio did come in and fuck with it. The screenwriter, screenwriter fuck with it. Everybody that well, wasn't no, he, was craven. He, he had to, they just told the screenwriter what he had to do. I mean, he, he did it, but he was under like, hey, do you want to get paid? Mm. Write these fucking scenes. I, I hate it when the producers... Or, like, the head of, like, you know, whatever the fucking film house are like. Well, the insane ending was forced on him by the head of the studio, and they just couldn't say no to him. Yeah, which, it makes no sense, but... I seriously, every time I watch it, I forget about the ending, and I always think it's going to be a dream... And he's going to pop away. Okay, well, spoiler alert. And, no, I'm just saying. I'm not saying what happened. I'm just saying. Okay. I think it's going to be a dream. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. It wasn't a dream. Damn. Okay. But was it? I don't know. In my mind, it's a dream because it's just like so out of this world that it I just... It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. So when you have... Uh, what's his face? We have to fucking find out his name. When he moves in next door... To Christy Swanson and... Yeah, Paul uh, Labertex. Yeah, Paul Labertex. When Paul Labertex moves next door to Christy Swanson, you know, he also befriends the kid that's the paper, the yeah, paper, the paper delivery guy. guy. Paper delivery guy, right? That, they automatically, like, I thought, are they going to hate each other? Are they going to be friends? Because the kid's like, oh, you're going to go to our school, whatever. He's like, oh, no, I'm actually going to be teaching at Pontifif College or whatever the fuck it was. And the kid's like, eh, nerd. (laughs) But then he's like, and you are my new best friend. Yes. You're going to hang out forever because you have a motherfucking robot. Yeah, and you're the only kid on the block. So besides uh, Christy Swanson... But I love that they're crossing the street because he wants to show him the crazy lady that's fucking living across the street for some reason, which is Annie Ramsey and uh, Anne Ramsey. And he says, he says, oh, did you see the tits on her? He goes, how could I not? Or some shit like that. I'm like, later on, like five seconds, they show Christy Swanson. She's wearing a sweater. Then she's wearing a sweater vest. And I'm talking about like a heavy fucking... I'm like, first of all, why are you wearing a sweater and a sweater vest? But then again, I live in Florida. She probably lives... I don't know where this is set. Fucking Chicago or something. Somewhere cold. She's just trying to keep warm. I don't see any titties. Okay? I'm like, he must have some Superman fucking teenage boy vision where you can see the outline of the boob in the fucking sweatshirt. All he had to do was know they were there at that age and they were aggressive. (laughs) He knew they knew they were there and they were like, damn, we can't even see him, but I'm impressed with him. We get to know the Anne Ramsey character. She's the neighborhood psycho. Yes. And don't ask me why, but it's like, is there nothing else to do? Like, why do they keep fucking with this woman? Yeah, she's a bitch. But she just doesn't want people on her property. Like, it's her property. Step off. Play at the other end of the street. This is the 80s. No one gave a fuck what you were doing anywhere. Go to the other end of the street and play ball where you're not near her house so that when somebody misses and it flies over the fence. And she has like a 12-foot fucking fence. Okay? So it's not like it's easy to get the ball over there. They really had to work at it. So, yeah, they really did. And it's just like they just went out of their way to fuck with her. It was like there was nothing else to do in the neighborhood besides, like, BB's already built. I had a long, hard day of, like, college teaching. (laughs) You know, but I'm still, like, 14 years old, 15 years old. I'm going to go and, like, fuck with the lady across the street. 
with the paperboy route guy. So Christy Swanson, you know, comes over and immediately drunken dad knocks on the door and is like, don't bother these people and like takes her. Of course, we know we know that he's a freaking psycho, drinking all the time, sleeping on the couch kind of dad. And also, dun dun dun, he's also um, abusing his daughter. Surprise. Now, they don't really, it's more of a physical, like I'm going to punch you in the face abuse. Not so much I'm going to molest you abuse. Uh... You know, the dream, there's a lot of dream sequences in the film. I would say there's like two or three. And the dream sequences in their film are pure Wes Craven. It's like no one fuck with those because you can fucking tell they're Wes Craven for multiple reasons. One, the first dream sequence is awesome. I'm like fucking scared out of my mind because here comes creepy dad in the room. And you don't know it's a dream sequence at first. He comes into the room and he's like, wakes her up and is like pestering her about how she's, you know, uh, uh, a slut and how she's trying to entice the boy next door and she likes it or whatever. And she's like, please, you know, don't touch me. Get away. I don't want you in here. And he's just like about to like do something terrible. Like molestation is going to begin. And she just grabs something under the table, like, like a, a vase. Yeah. yeah. And she picks it up and she stabs that motherfucker in the chest. And after he, she stabs him in the chest and there is just blood, literally. It's so, I shouldn't say beautiful, but the blood is flowing from this long vase out the end. And it's just spurting all over her, the bed. She's just covered in blood. There's just blood everywhere. And he's just laughing. It's such a, the way that he approaches her, his voice, it's just so Freddy Cougar-like, like Robert England, I should say. And then, and he kind of actually looks like Robert England V, if you're really thinking about it. Yeah. But anyways, and then he's just talking and going crazy. And uh, he's, it's like, he didn't die. He's still fucking alive. And that's when you know it's a dream sequence. Because yeah. it's just like, okay. He just got stabbed in the heart. And he's fucking having a huge fucking monologue here. That's not going to be a thing. And that dream sequence is just bang. But then again, that comes around later. Because remember in My Soul to Take, the kid gets stabbed. And he has the huge monologue explaining everything that happened to him before he died. <laughs> so again, that's another craven thing that he must like. Because that kid like told his life story before he died. And never, I was, and never, I was outside waiting out there. And I heard the noise. I crawled up the balcony. And I came in here. What? Never yeah. like, never I like. Came, please, I never. came in. I hid in the closet. I was hungry, so I ate my peanut butter sandwich that I had inside my pocket. And you're like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" You should he never, be dead. I never once did he say, "Please, for the love of God, call an ambulance." I've been bleeding for an hour. <laughs> call my mom. Put my mom on the phone so I can tell her I love her. Nothing like that. No, just tell her this. I, I need to catch you up on my day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I get, it must be a Wes Craven thing. Because why? Why would that be? Yeah, I haven't seen that in any other movies. So. Um, <laughs> now I'm just totally, so we go through the motions, you know, there, of course, there's going to be like the whole fucking montage of like, it's BB and girl next door with Wizkid and Paperboy boy, and they're just doing fun things together. And then it's Halloween. And that's when things go wrong. Yeah. They send, they try to do a prank. And they, so they, they're going to sneak in. They're going to ring her doorbell. To Aunt Ramsey. Yeah. They're going to ring the bell and run away. Oh, my gosh. These kids, I tell you. 
they know how to pull a prank. They're going to ring a doorbell on a Halloween. What fucking tricksters, okay? They are some tricksters. So they, it does not go well, of course. As soon as they ring the doorbell, it shows a, you know, it flicks on a bunch of security lights and makes an alarm. And of course, Christy Swanson, being a teenage girl, as soon as the alarm goes off, she's just incapacitated. She's putting her hands over her ears and going, ah, 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 and she can't move the six feet back out to the you know street where she's safe. So the two guys have to run in, drag her in the bushes to safety. And that's when the BB-8 murder bot gets activated because it senses trouble. You said BB-8. Oh, sorry. Just BB. <laughs> I'm sure they were, that's what they were thinking of when they made BB-8. Uh, so BB gets activated, comes in, and Ramsey comes out with the shotgun and just blows the little murder bot to pieces. We missed earlier, too, that murder bot intervened when the local dirt bike gang, like there always is in a town, the local dirt bike gang comes along, starts harassing whiz kid and everyone, shoving him around. So BB just latches on to this kid, the main kid's balls, and just starts squeezing them. And he's like, yeah, he'll rip them clean off and destroy them. I think that was like, it had to fucking be like an homage to Short Circuit because in Short Circuit... There's a scene, I think it's part two, like, there's a scene where he fights the fucking gang, like, and it they fight against him, and he wins, and BB-8 defeats, and See, just... you just did it too, BB-8. Oh, shit. BB, because you got me, you got me stuck on it, damn it. <laughs> BB defeats, it's not a, it's not a, a, a bike gang, babe. It's a dirt bike gang. That's what gang. I said, the you local said, dirt bike okay, gang. Okay, because I couldn't get over it. I was like, like... All the members of the teenage gangs that are on motorcycles, they're all on dirt bikes just riding them around on the street like you do. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, defeats them, and of course, you know if you've seen enough movies, you're like, okay, this is going to be a thing later. Like, But then I love how like BB gets destroyed by the old lady. At no point is he ever like, you know what? I should probably just rebuild the robot. I mean, I saved a chip from his brain. I'll just build him a new body. No, he's just like, nah, fuck it. I guess he's dead. Okay, because he did it when he didn't have a job and he had all that time in his hands when he was just being homeschooled. Now he's a college professor. He doesn't have time. He's a college professor. They do whatever the fuck they want. He can just work on that project while he's supposed to be doing office hours. No, he can do that. He's working on brain stuff. It's just too intense. They showed Anne Ramsey's character earlier waving her fucking shotgun. So I don't know why the fuck they thought it was a good idea to go over on Halloween to pull this prank when they know that she has stated she is not a stranger to using the shotgun and she will shoot to kill, okay? These, anybody that comes upon her property. So why you thought that was a good idea? I don't know. Hilarious. So yeah, she shoots and blows fucking BB to fucking bits. Now, BB, from the beginning of the movie to this point, has had some kind of, um, I'm not going to say homicidal tendencies, but... Murder vision. That's what it's called. <laughs> he has murder vision. He looks at people and the fucking screen goes red, Terminator style. And he's like, dun 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 Terminator mode engaged. And he's going to go kill these people. He fucks people up, okay? So he, this robot is a little unstable. But to be fair, he it's not... only against people that are evil and that he deems that are not good citizens. Because he's not. he doesn't have any of those feelings against any nice people. It's just... Yet? Yet. 
He's gonna start murdering people. In the book, yeah, he murdered, like, the, well, the uh, robot does go on a killing spree and kills way more people. The book is way darker and way more, like, gruesome than the actual movies, which is, which blows my mind. Because, like, why didn't they go and take it in that direction? I hate when something's already pre-written and then they're like, we just gotta, we just gotta figure out how to, it's like, why would you option a novel? It's the 80s. So, it's like the beginnings of, like, optioning a lot like a lot of novels right why would you want to option something that you're going to completely alter from its original thing it just always just boggles my mind i don't under like i don't get it i just don't understand at all but anywho um so you know bb's gone that's it and And now we just see the nice montage of everyone at the holidays you know, that Sam's just hanging out with Paul and his mom. She's having Thanksgiving dinner. Everything's great. They're, you know, they're laughing, carrying on. It's just a great 80s montage. Until Thanksgiving dinner's over and she goes home and Daddy is not on the couch all drunken where she left him. He's nowhere to be found. And she's calling out to him everywhere. Oh, when she finds him or he finds her, I should say, he is not happy that she was not home, you know, to just be home and not do anything. And that she went up because she knows that she went next door. But she says she was studying and he decides he's going to punch her in the face. And she stumbles down the stairs and Breaks, hits her head against the wall, has a seizure, has a seizure. And he's like, get up, you little bitch. And I'm just like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Well, he does call an ambulance. But of course, this being the 80s and it being a small town, he's just like, yeah, she fell on some shit on the stairs. And they're like, oh, that's totally reasonable. We're not questioning this at all. Let's just take her to the hospital. Yeah, we're not questioning that she has blood coming out of her nose. And also, the cops are also there. So they're not like, oh, okay, let me go inside the house and see what is this obstruction on the fucking stairs that made her... Because if they would have walked in there, they would have seen there's nothing on the stairs. The stairs were completely clear of any objects. But okay, that's cool. We're just going to take your word for it. And they just are immediately like, yeah, we were going to do a little bit of surgery on her. Oh, she's fucked. Well, let's just close her up and then just wait for her to die. They were literally just like, well, this is all we can do. I mean, shit, we tried for at least 15 minutes, Bob. I I don't know what else you want me to do. (laughs) The whole decision that uh, Boy Next Door takes to, you know, help her is just like, what what was he thinking? I I guess the uh, hubris, like, oh, I'm this you know, teenage, I'm freaking teenage doctor and I'm going to be able to, you know, I work with the brain and I could go in there and fix her brain and make it okay and everything. And well, I don't, first what was, like, at first he says he wants to get there before they pull the plug on her because he's going to take the body and take the ventilator that she's on and he's going to hook this brain chip up into her and he's going to take the chip from BB. He's going to put that in her brain and that's going to get her going again. But then when they get there, she's already had the plug pulled and she's dead. So he's like, well, Change the plans. I'm just going to steal the body and I'm going to reanimate the corpse with this chip, which we had previously never mentioned could do this. But now all of a sudden this chip can reanimate the dead. Because she's dead. She's got this, you know, black under her eyes. Yeah. She's not doing well. She's a robot zombie. Yeah. She became a robot zombie and she became one real quick. And it's, you know, there's, since it's the 80s, 
they had no problem just being like, hey, this teenage boy is just keeping his, you know, sort of girlfriend as a teenage sex zombie robot in the shed out back. That's not a problem. There's nothing questionable about that. That's it's fine. Exactly what I have. I said this could have been a whole other movie. Teenage boy can control a girl with a remote control. Yeah. Uh... She would have never left that damn shed. No. That's what would have happened. And so, he was pretty decent considering. I mean, but yeah. then he would have been a necrophiliac, like, because she's dead. I don't... I don't know. He would have been into robots one way. But as soon as she's, like, fully activated and is up walking around, well, it's time for BB to activate the murder vision. Because what you realize pretty quick is, like, okay, he didn't actually bring the girl back. He just reactivated BB in a human body. So suddenly BB is like, oh... This person did me wrong. This person did this body I'm in wrong. So I'm going to go over there and murder them. I'm going to say that uh, Boy Next Door would have been best friends with Herbert West. Herbert West and him, I feel like. Yeah, they'd have along. been good buddies. So he immediately goes over and murders the dad by bending his arm back until he can't move and then burning his face off on the furnace. Like you do. Again, Wes Craven got a fucking thing for furnaces, apparently. Yeah, there's a there's a basement boiler room situation. Yeah, he takes care of him. And then, when Ball, you know, sees what's happened, he doesn't call the police. He doesn't get worried. He's just like, fuck, we gotta cover this up. So he just buries the guy in the coal that's down there in the basement. And is like, well, no one will ever see this down here. We're good. I don't understand. For someone that's so intelligent, one, makes so many stupid decisions. And then, two, like... Didn't you think, hey, this is going to ruin my life? Like, you no. just kidnapped a dead body from a it's hospital. fine. Nobody you, cared. It was the 80s. You just buried some burned-ass dude in, like, some fucking coal on the fucking wall. Hmm. And then he just keeps going. It just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm just like, you go to jail. Yeah, so then she describes, of course, a little bit later, she sees Anne Ramsey's character. She sees her name is Elvira, oddly enough. Sees Elvira walking around the house, and she's like, oh, shit, I remember her. She shot me with the shotgun, so I'm going to go back over there, and I'm going to kill the shit out of her. And she fucking does. Yes, this it's... is the only movie where they've ever had death by basketball. Yeah, I feel like in that scene when she throws a basketball, uh, Christy Swanson slash BB throws a basketball, I always hear like, I don't know why, but that's the sound effect I hear. (laughs) And it's one of those, even if if you don't like this movie, it's one of the greatest head destructions you'll ever see in your life. Not only does her head get knocked off, it gets exploded like it was a watermelon someone hit with a shotgun. It looks pretty good, too. So this robot has got some, this robot girl now has some mad murder strength. I also would like to point out that uh, there's someone watching the TV. I think it was Anne Ramsey's character, and they're watching The Bad Seed, which yeah. I thought was uh, pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, so you did point something out in the film. And you did say at one point that when it's when she has normal hands, it's the Christy Swanson character. Yeah, when she when she has her hands are just normal, she's using like a normal person. Hey, Christy Swanson's back. She's in control of the robot. But when she turns into the robots taking over, her hands she go has into murder hands. She goes into murder hands. She like crosses her fingers and makes them into like little clant like little claws, and is like BB BB. I am murderbot. She goes into murderbot mode. 
So, you know, after this... Which makes no sense because she's dead. So she couldn't have gone back to into herself because she's dead. Yeah. So, okay, plot hole. And so many, so many of them. <laughs> so it doesn't take real long for the, the friend, the paper boy, to be like, look, um, this is some shit I didn't sign up for. It was bad enough I helped you get a body out of there, but now all these people are disappearing in the neighborhood and I know Murderbot's responsible. So... In what is the second greatest scene of the movie, after the paperboy tells him this and he's going to leave, well, Murderbot's been lifting upstairs, so Christy Swanson just does a fucking swan dive from the second floor, lands on this guy, and just starts trying to murder him on the front yard. Yep. (laughs) And you go from that to her going against the fucking biker gang. I mean, we're just going to skip... All that stuff, because just so much crazy shit she happens. She has to fight the biker gang guy again, the dirt bike gang. Yeah. And then eventually the police are there, and, you know, she's back for a second, but then all of a sudden, you know, the cop points a gun at her, and murder bot instincts take over, and she starts making the slow motion bionic man run it's towards It's the him. worst fucking run, because I don't know why they did this to Christy Swanson, because let me tell you, her face in that scene... Is just so hilarious looking. We're going to have to take a screenshot of it and like post it. Because it's just really... And then her hands are all weird. And she's like... like It's just... the That scene... You you know that she's going to get like holes in her, right? Like she's just going to get fucking shot the fuck up. But at the same time it's so hilarious because she looks so ridiculous yeah you know and you just like what and then the cops i feel like how did they not all know because they know that the body was stolen from the or whatever disappeared from the fucking morgue or from the hospital they see her they're up moving around so they had to just assume something happened like that she wasn't dead because their first assumption is not going to be that she's a murder bot zombie yeah and then why would you shoot you i mean (laughs) it's 1986 so but why would you shoot an unarmed caucasian woman like she has no fucking weapon she they had they didn't see her murder anybody per se they just all they saw was her attack the guy, the kid in the yard, the the people the yeah. neighbors had called, but yeah, they had no problem shooting her. They shot her like so many times, like she had a fucking Uzi or she had a you know some crazy shit, and they were just like, "I'm gonna just shoot you." So then we see the you know the Paul's boss at the hospital. He's like, "Well, we'll just do an autopsy on her in the morning." Yeah, I guess maybe find out what killed her. Maybe all the bullets in her. That was probably what did it. <laughs> but. So then we get to the infamous end of this movie. Why? Okay, so this is the part that doesn't make sense. He, uh, Paul runs to, he runs to the fucking hospital. He gets to the freaking morgue. He pulls her out and he's going to steal her again. Like he does actually have her, Herbert West like tendencies. Yeah. He's going to steal her again to do what? She's mad dead. Like he didn't fix the chip. Was he just trying to get the chip back? So then he's not implicated like whatever. Oh no. And then this is the best fucking scene. Like the best part of the scene is when she wakes up, her arm stretches out and is like choking him out 
But at this, while that's happening, her skin has separated. Her arm, like skin, has and separated. She's turning into a robot. She's a robot under the skin, like all the wires and stuff. And then her face just like falls away, like her and fucking. She's got like the BB face from earlier, but yet it has like a murder mouth now. Yes. And then she, we hear her go BB, and we hear his neck snap. The end. And you're like, what? If that had been a dream, like if he had set up right in the bed and then all like sweaty and was like, oh, oh, thank God. I had a terrible dream. And then just went back, like laid down in the bed, looked at a picture of her and it ended. I'd have been like, oh, okay. They just wanted to do one more fucking jump scare before they, before they, before they uh, ended the movie. But no, that was just the end of the goddamn movie. I didn't like, what? How did she suddenly just fucking start turning to a robot? Did he do that? He never mentioned that. They never showed that. No. It makes no goddamn sense. It was like they just put her, they like skinned her and just put her skin on BB's body. Yeah. That's what it looked, that's what it looked like. And it's just like, that never happened in the film. This would be like just if like at the end of one of the Fast and the Furious movies, one of the characters just pulled their face off and they were like a gray alien with the black eyes under it. And they were like, guys, I'm an alien. And they just got in the car and drove away. Like, it was, it's that level of, like, what the fuck? That was completely out of everything else that just happened. But at the same time, explains the whole fucking thing of why they're able to do all these crazy things. Because they have alien technology. Boom. Drop the mic. You fucking solved the mystery of the Fast and the Furious. It could be. But, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. And... Of all the things that, like, of all the endings you wanted, this is what the stu- head of the studio wanted. This is what a guy who's in charge of a movie studio looked at it and said, yes, this is what we need. <laughs> this is exactly what we fucking need. So and I'm sure terrible. he sat back and looked at it and said, they will talk about this for years, about my genius in this movie. Well, well, he was kind of right. We're still talking about it. We're still talking about it, but not his genius. <laughs> Let's also thank the mime coach for Christy Swanson because there was a mime coach. Yeah. I feel like you don't get a mime coach. You get a robot coach. Is that... I mean, I guess that wasn't a thing. Like... I guess, you know, what are you going to do with Johnny Five? I mean, I just... So here's um, the movie I want. I want to see Johnny Five and BB go at each other. Because, you know, BB's the murder bot and Johnny Five is the friendly bot. So they're going to have to duke it out. Johnny Five needed an arch nemesis and this is what it is. Okay, Johnny Five's nemesis was man, obviously. I, I couldn't tell you shit about those movies. I saw them when I was like 14. I don't remember anything Los about Los Locos it. kick your ass. Los Locos kick your face. Um. <laughs> That's more than I remember about it. Um... <laughs> Excuse me if that's not the exact wording, but the last time I saw that film was probably 1991. (laughs) Okay, well, you're forgiven. But, yeah, so this movie, it's crazy. It's just all over the place. This movie doesn't know what the hell it wants to be. I'm not even sure how to give it a good grade because there's parts of it that are great and parts of it that are just terrible. So I'm going to give this one... Gonna give it one and a half knives. Wow, one and a half knives. The best parts of it are all gifts that I will be posting during the week. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If that tells you anything. I would have to say that definitely the best parts 
are the dream sequences. I didn't get into the other dream sequence um, because, I, you know, there has to be something left for surprise. But they're right off the bat. You can tell this is Wes Craven. Those are the only parts of the film where I felt this is him. Yeah. I didn't really get if I didn't even know if I had been if I had never seen this movie and I had gone to the kitchen or some shit and I come back and like the movie already started and the credits rolled to who directed the film or whatever. I would have never guessed this was a Wes Craven film. No, it doesn't really feel like it, except for like you said, the dream sequences. Even the gore doesn't really feel like the Craven stuff. No, I would have, I would have probably been like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's kind of reminiscent of like Nightmare on Elm Street because the dream sequences are all reminiscent of Nightmare on Elm Street because they're so fucking good. They're nightmares and they're very nightmarish. Like I was watching it yesterday and I was like, this is fucking scary. And just think, he passed doing Nightmare on Elm Street 2 to do this movie. Damn. So, yeah. yeah, not a good call, Craven. But, so, Wes Craven seemed like a good guy. Did some great movies, but, whoo, he did some stinkers, too. Yeah, he did. But, again, I'm not putting any of the blame in, in that character. You know, it's so funny that I totally would have... I totally remembered Christy Swanson's name in the damn movie. Her name is Sam. And totally forgot the main character which is hilarious which we've called him paul his actual name the whole damn no his name is paul his real name is matthew oh that's right that's right okay you got it right you got it right okay i got it right okay good 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 i give it mm, i'm gonna give it two knives because it does have a nostalgic uh it's very nostalgic for me and i do like the dream sequences I, I like I said I do love this movie. I, I hate to give it two knives though. I want to give it. I want to give it five knives, but it, I can't give it five no, knives. I can't that. justify that. I also love the trailer for this because the trailer makes it look like a completely different movie. The trailer doesn't mention anything about the robot. Doesn't mention anything about Nothing. that. It just mentions that Sam is the cute girl next door, but don't get on her bad side. But she's a deadly friend. I do love the. I don't know what it reminds me of. Not VC Andrews. That's what I was going to say. The way they do the scene in the trailer, which I'll, I think I've got a little thing I can post of that. It does very much look like a kind of flowers in the attic type thing where she's standing by the window with the yes. blonde hair staring out in the window with like her flapping. And the curtains are flapping in the wind yeah. and the whole screen's black. It. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of VC Andrews. I'm sure they were trying because this is the, the mid-80s was the height of the VC Andrews craze. Yeah, they're, yeah. Damn. <laughs> damn this movie oh my goodness well this ends our west craven month and i guess we'll never have another one again because we've covered all the- we've covered all the ones that people don't usually talk about except for a couple that whew, can't make myself set through the hills have eyes too again yeah we're, we're not gonna do dog flashback sequences no. we're not gonna cover that um no or freddy's nightmare which is it what is it the one with um, the new nightmare oh my gosh that movie the only good scene in that movie is the when her uh, husband gets murdered in the car you know it's been so long since i've seen that i do need to sit down and rewatch it and see if i can the little boy in that movie worst actor ever no offense to the little boy no he wouldn't grow up and did some other shit i don't remember but he it just annoying i just i didn't like him and then it didn't make sense how 
Freddy was real, but he wasn't real because Craven put so much of his energy, whatever, he actually made it come to life in some kind of shapewear form, and, and it's taken his whole... This is like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to blame that one, actually. I'll, actually, you know what? I'm not going to speak ill of the dead because we're celebrating his his birth and life today. Oh, his birth and death, I should say. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna pause my thought on that. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode. And we'll see you next month with our next set of films that we're going to be covering. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.